What's up? Welcome to another episode of All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. I am your host, Kiff VH, and welcome to episode 50. Like, uh, uh, that's not what I'm here to tell you. Uh, what I'm here to share with you is my All Over VO Live panel that we did at Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con on October 27th uh, this year. So uh, on this panel, I had three uh, VO artists, Zeno Robinson, Secunda Wood, and Adam MacArthur uh, come in and share their expertise and their uh, roles and advice and all that other stuff. Um, But I also had our booth director from CESD, a gentleman named Scott Forbes, um, who all three of us, all four of us work with kind of on a daily basis and to get his perspective from the other side of the glass. And uh, I think you'll really find some fantastic uh, advice and anecdotes. Just a quick note about audio quality. So I just recorded a straight-up feed out of the board, and I've done my best to kind of boost the volume of questions from the audience because they weren't mic'd, and to sort of equalize the panel audio. So this sounds a little like, uh, like you're there. And you might strain to hear a little bit. I tried to fix that to the best of my ability, uh, but please forgive me. And uh, our next episode we will do in studio, and it will sound uh, even better uh, than this one does. But uh, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get great. Well, let me shut up. So here's my panel discussion with Zeno and Secunda and Adam and Scott. Enjoy. Well, Scott's one of these guys uh, who is who's. Um, well, well, I'll let him tell you what he does, but, uh, but it, it, by way of introduction, he is a booth director at CESD Talent Agency. Now, we are all represented by CESD, and we work with Scott practically on a daily, if not a couple times a week basis, where Scott is our director. We get copies sent to us, and then Scott helps us interpret it and helps us book the work. Um, so uh, he directs commercial and animation and video game copy and kind of anything that comes down the road. Uh, He also, another unique part of his tasks is that he assesses new actors' readiness for representation and if they can be competitive. So he's a very valuable asset not only to CESD but also to every actor who on our roster. Um, He has a history in TV and film production. He loves comic books. And interestingly enough, he he was uh, an honorable mention for the Nobel Prize. Which is a, uh, it's, it's not really so much a prize as, uh, as sort of a, an appreciation. I, I, w- I wouldn't even say that it's an appreciation so much as it's a completely fabricated credit because we felt, but, uh, but I'm glad that Scott's here. Scott Forbes, ladies and gentlemen. Scott I was Forbes. like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I've never heard of that one. So um, I guess, uh, just out of curiosity, is there anyone here in the house who's listened or heard the, my show, the podcast, all over voiceover? Awesome. A handful of you. Sweet. Great. Uh, the, the reason I've been doing this is just to try to, uh, there's, there's a lot of mystery about this work. And my goal has been to demystify it and talk, talk process. And, and that's kind of what, uh, what our panel is really about today. I just would like to, uh, first of all, thank all of you guys for taking time out of your Saturday and coming down here and, thank you. and sharing your stuff. How did you... Zeno, you're right here. How'd, how'd, you get, how'd you get started in this? Um, actually, I signed with CESD as a commercial uh, talent. On and camera, commercial? On camera, yeah. For, I was like what? 14. Yeah. <laughs> you were 14 yeah, when you started? Yeah, I was 14 when I started. Had you done uh, classes and no, that kind of work before? No, didn't even know what it was. Had no idea. Um, and they were kind of just testing the water, seeing what I could do. And um, I think that they, they sent me an audition for this show. 
that I had never heard of at the time called Ben 10. And, <laughs> um, and I just, I booked it somehow. Um, wow. Yeah, so then that's when I got started. They were like, oh, okay, so he worked this, this show. Um, so then they signed me over there in VO. What uh, a trip. That's yeah. great. Well, yeah. where, where are you from? Are you from Southern California? Yeah, originally? I'm, from, I'm from out here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I live in, uh, like, Carson. Were you, were you interested in pursuing this work, or how, how did you find yourself uh, CESD going, hey, you, kid, come here? <laughs> right. Were you at a shopping mall? Was there an open casting? Or so I, I realized sometime around middle school, like that age 14, that I wanted to do acting. I wanted to be an actor. Uh-huh. And then um, I took this program it's like on Wilshire called All About Kids, and it was, there was like a I Want an Agent program where you would train for like a, a couple of weeks, you know, with commercial mm-hmm. copy, with a monologue, and I think... Uh, no, I think that's it. You did a monologue, and then you did a commercial. Okay. And then they would bring in a bunch of the agents, and you would, like, perform in front of them. And then, um, so the director there, Felicia Scott, she um, brought in Melissa. Oh, from, yeah. Uh, yeah, from CESD. So Melissa saw me, and I think uh, Carolyn saw me. Carolyn, and that's when uh-huh. Carolyn signed me over to, um, to commercial, and then they sent me that VO copy. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty... That's great. Yeah. That's yeah, great. So how, how long have you been with CESD now? Oh, 10 years. 10 years. As of Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So 14, <laughs> awesome. yeah, right. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam, how, how, did you, how did you get started? I mean, where are you from originally? Are you from here? Ori- no, originally I'm from Northern California, um, a little city outside of San Francisco called Pinole, which if anyone's heard of it, I'm going to hug you later. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, Tracy, what up, girl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so a little, a little city outside of San Francisco. Um, I've, there's two, like, two of my earliest memories I have, uh, and my parents will tell this story often, so I hear it from their perspective, too. Things that I've wanted to do my entire life. One, I've always wanted to do kung fu, mm-hmm. and the other is I've always wanted to be an actor. Uh, and so it took until I was 11, they put me in Kung Fu, and then finally when I was 16, they put me in an acting class wow. um, in San Francisco, a place called Kids on Camera, uh, which is kind of funny. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, called Kids on Camera, um, Judy Berlin, a woman who was a voice on Sesame Street, was the, oh, wow. um, like the instructor of, or the owner of the school. And so I did classes there until I wasn't a kid on camera, and then I transitioned into adults on camera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, my first, like literally the first job I ever had an audition for, I booked. And it was, uh, this was when I was non-union. So, you know, for people who aren't in the industry, there's union work, there's non-union work. Yeah. I was not uh, in the union, and I didn't realize that at the time, the union, Screen Actors Guild, before it combined with AFTRA, was on a strike. And so I got asked to audition for what should have been union work. Oh, my. And I was like, okay. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. You know what you, do, you, know, what you know when you, you know, yeah. it's like. And, and, and it's, you know, San Francisco is a smaller yeah. market anyway. So a lot of people did both and stuff like that. But um, now I will only do union work, just so you know. My, <laughs> some of my agents are here. Just so you know. <laughs> um, but uh, what I ended up auditioning for what was a. a I found out later was a Macy's radio commercial. Okay. And they needed a young teen voice. So I booked that, and that turned into like 32 radio commercials and TV commercials for Macy's. And thank you. And during that time, the strike ended. So they flipped it all, and then they were like, oh, hey, by the way, you got to join the union now because we're not on strike anymore. And I was like, okay. So I got into the union before I even moved to L.A. Man. And then that, yeah, and I've been in L.A. for 15 years. So did I started. They, did they residualize? Those 32 radio spots? 
Uh, no, not the ones that I had they done because oh, they were the previous. Contract. Yeah, and most of those were done previously. But okay. there was a few. There was a few that got residualized. They got and, but, yeah. But it's so. Like I mean, I mean, I, I similar thing. Like I, I got Union in Detroit. I got SAG in Detroit, and AFTRA and Equity, and it's like it was one of the biggest surprises to me because I just thought it wasn't something that would be an option for you if you you know if you weren't in new LA york or new la york. or chicago yeah. you were not going to be a union but the union work is i mean it was there wasn't much but it was there in cleveland and there was quite a bit in pittsburgh you know i mean it's it's everywhere which is kind of great yeah but yeah no totally no, just, no no yes and no i like it, I like it. Yes, <laughs> yes and, and. yes That's and all great. the things what, what uh when did you move to los angeles did, uh when did that happen i moved to la in 2003 three mm-hmm. so 14 years um i knew i wanted to be here for acting so i knew that's what i wanted to do but i was also scared to just move to la and yeah. be an actor because you know i don't know i like to eat <laughs> and like pay rent right uh so i ended up i went to junior college in northern california for three years i transferred to pepperdine i went to pepperdine for two years and i started literally as soon as i got here i got an i got a voiceover agent because i had a demo all the money that i made from the radio commercials yep. i used to create a demo took my demo got a voiceover agent and then slowly started to audition and i had a lot of uh really good luck initially with on-camera commercial stuff i've done a lot of on-camera commercials awesome. voiceover started really slow uh, here in LA until I got with CESD. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Yay! Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Awesome. So, kind of, what's what's been your journey? Where where are you from? Oh boy, I'm from LA. Uh huh. And I actually signed with CESD when I was five. What? In '83. Wow. <laughs> with Bob wow. Preston, like long, long, long time ago. And then I um. It's not that long ago. I, I kind of, I guess I, I was. A, <laughs> it's so long ago. It's oh really not that long ago. There were town cars. The red car was still going. <laughs> and so I was an on-camera child actress for a while. Um, like I was on Sister Sister. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> they, they went to Pepperdine. <laughs> so I did that for a while, and then I got my fell in love, and I moved to Seattle with. My baby and my hubby, uh-huh. and thought, well, I'm just gonna leave all that behind. But I couldn't. It was like an itch. Like I was doing all this community theater, and I was like, I have to do anything. And so I auditioned for. It was like a, a, a voiceover job in on like Craigslist, and I uh-huh. went, and I, I had so much fun, and I booked the job, and I was just like, this is what I'm gonna do. This is just so much fun. I can be anybody. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter what race I am. It doesn't matter. It just matters. You just become a character, and it, yeah. it was it was the best experience of my life. So then I was in. I moved to San Diego, and I started pursuing voiceover by myself. And I, I mean, I did okay. Like voiceover for yourself? No voiceover. Like Secunda walked like, into the restaurant. Like, <laughs> she looked around pensively. <laughs> she approached the waiter. I do that too. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh wait, that wasn't a good take. I got to start back. Let me let me enter the restaurant one yeah. more time. <laughs> Voices.com. Yeah. I started. I started working on there and getting myself jobs and calling, like cold calling places. Do you need someone to? Wow. I just. I just wanted to do it anywhere That's I cool. could. And um, then I moved to. And then I moved to LA and um, got into CESD and which just like changed my whole world. And that was about four years ago. Wow. And I started doing SAG work and video games and. 
animation and commercials, which pays the rent, which yes. is awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. What, when, you were, when you were hustling your own work, like, I mean, I think, uh, you know, certainly for me, outside of this market, too, and before I really got signed, it was, you know, you're just, you're just turning over every rock. You're making those yeah. phone calls, and, and it's amazing the stuff that you do succeed in finding. Yeah, I actually have I'm a, um, a voice in an exhibit at the Smithsonian that's been going all around the country. It's called Math Alive, and I got that by just connecting with a producer, just calling and, and getting to know her and sending Christmas cards. And then one year she was like, you know, I do. I have this thing. Do you want to do it? And it turned out to be this exhibit at the Smithsonian that's been in every, like all of these museums all over, and it's still... It's still traveling. That's so cool. That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. Have you, like, so went and, like, heard stuff? Like, oh, that's me. Oh, like, I'm, this is so teaching kids stuff. Mm. Yeah. Secunda walked into the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> she looked at the exhibit and realized, that is me. <laughs> Scott, what's, what's been your journey? Where are you, where are you from originally? A uh, little town outside of Cleveland. I was thinking we might have probably been there around the same time. We are might you guys been. related? No. Friends. <laughs> you, have, you know, it's possible. Where in Cleveland? Uh, it's called Parma Heights. Sure, I know Parma Heights. There you go. There used to be a coconut music over there. I would sell and buy DVDs in there. Oh, what? Wow. Coconut music. They had a little radio station, a little AM station called WSUM. And there was a show on Sunday nights with... Scott Forbes at nighttime right here on WSUM. Hey, how you doing tonight? Um, and I no wound kidding. up getting a job with them through a radio broadcasting class that I had in high school. And so did a few plays, um, you know, did the, the radio thing and really enjoyed it. And this friend of mine calls me up one day and says, hey, I think I want to go to California. And I said, hey, I just traded my motorcycle for a van. So, how convenient <laughs> so we spent a month on the road just traveling around the country and we were on our way up to San Francisco we stopped up to see a friend of his in LA and went in, had a drink with his friend came out and my van was gone Oh. so I had a silver dollar in my pocket my buddy had exactly a dollar's worth of change and I said I don't want to go back and he said I don't want to go back either wow. so we just stayed wow. so, what um, did you, okay just state is awesome. <laughs> Connect me from silver dollar in your pocket, your buddy's change to this panel. How did you? How did you create life for yourself here? What did you? Well, the lucky thing for us was that the guy that we were stopping by to see felt guilty because you know the van got lifted out of his parking lot. So he wound up putting us up for a week, and we both had some money back at home, so we got that wired to us. We both got jobs within like a week. Wow. And the funny thing about this, I was thinking about this this morning, is that, um, you know, I, I think it's very important to have a goal in life and to have various Can you put that on silent? <laughs> put your phone on silent. Is that me? That Who's is me? that? Oh, it's yours? I think it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Hang on a second. All right, there we go. It's, it's a friend tweeting my wife. And I got included. I'm sorry. That kid was I'm totally sorry. Like I'm sorry. Marco Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I want to roll back because it was heavy. What you were saying, Scott. You were thinking about this morning. So I was, I was just saying that you know I, I think it's really important to have a goal in life and to work toward it. I think it is, but I've never done it. Um, <laughs> basically, everything that I got into, I just sort of backed into. You know, mm -hmm. I mean. I, uh, I had to get a job, so I got a job at Federated Group Audio Video Stores, and that put me in touch with a lot of audio equipment, and I talked to a lot of engineers and stuff, and then I um, 
finally decided that that wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, a friend of mine said, hey, um, we've got a, some people working at this production company called Filmfare. They're hiring production assistants. And I said, so what do you do? And he said, basically nothing. We wash cars, we sit around, we get paid. It's great. Yeah, well, if you don't know, production assistant is like the Marines. I mean, they're the first one on the set at 4 in the morning. They're the last one to leave at 4 in the morning. So I did that for a couple of years. And um, I, I worked one hellish shoot, and it was in the rain and everything. And I came back to the office at 6 o'clock in the morning. And the production manager says, hey, you put on your resume that you worked in the college TV station. You want to run a casting session? I said, what are you doing? He said, just stand behind the camera. I said, OK. So I showed up, and I fired up the camera, and it was for Hawaiian Airlines, and they were interviewing hula girls all day long. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I could get used wow. to this one. <laughs> that's where my wife changed. <laughs> and that's how we ended up here. You're right. <laughs> that's pretty much it. What are the hula girls? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah indirectly, yeah, because I, uh, I met people through doing on-camera casting, and one of them was a lady named Lisa Dyson, who um, was a casting director, and... She said, you know, you direct a lot of on-camera sessions. Come on in, direct some voiceover sessions. So I started working for her, really got to enjoy it. And then uh, she was the one who told me, hey, CESD is looking for somebody just like you. So 10 years ago, I went and interviewed with them, and here we are. What? Wow. 10 years wow. ago? 10 years ago. You know, that's crazy, because I might have read with you for Ben 10. 10 years ago. Could have been. Yeah. yeah. I was you said that. <laughs> 10 years ago. I think and it was he's you. been waiting for the thank you <laughs> since that day. <laughs> well, thank you now, 10 yeah. years later. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, oh, that's that's a great story. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that's fascinating. It's so true. Like, there's, there's things just in life that you don't necessarily plan for. You have this goal. And the way it looks, it looks like a groove. But in reality, it's like, you know, like this crazy string that winds through all kinds of things and you find yourself in that spot, mm -hmm. you know? Wow. That was awesome. But I, I got to tell you, man, I wish that I was stumbled on this job 30 years ago because, I mean, meeting people like this and, I mean, you walk in on a, a Monday morning and it's like, how you doing? Good. Did you have your coffee? Great. Okay, we're going to do a death scene. So <laughs> <laughs> you've just killed the demon and now you're on fire. Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a great that's a great point. I'm curious uh, from 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 some, from everybody kind of on the panel, like when you get a piece of copy that is that, where it is extreme, and and I, I you know I don't know if it, if it's like this for you guys, but for for my life generally, my my on camera stuff when I go out for an audition is generally after afternoon, and I'll do whatever voiceover things that might come in. I generally tend to do in the morning, sometimes before ten ten thirty. And a lot of times it does involve that kind of really vocally aggressive stuff uh, or emotionally aggressive stuff or, or flippant, fun McDonald's radio spots. <laughs> but um, how, how, do you, how do you, what's your preparation process for copy that comes in? Do you look at it straight away in the morning and go in fresh? Do you spend some time with it the night before? What's generally been your process? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that um, honestly, that always depends on, like my schedule. Like if yeah. I have like a job later that day, or if it's like a quick turnaround, yeah. I'll I'll go in and do it that day. Um, if it's something like super emotionally heavy, then I'll try to like look over it, find like the beats, you know, find where that rests within me. Um, 
and then and then I'll, I'll go in and do it. It all really depends on you know my schedule. Yeah. Uh, but usually, usually I'll I'll wait a couple of days if I like I have a job and doing something. You when, know. when you're prepping, how do you prep? Like, do you sit down with a pencil right. and all that stuff, or do you? Just, um, what do you? What do you? What's your process? Like? I I usually just kind of. Uh, usually, it comes with a picture. It's supposed to come with a picture. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't come with a picture, and that is annoying. Because um, it's like you know, like if your character is like huge and they, they give you a picture, it's like it's a soldier, and you know, you know, he's angry all the time. I don't know if he's huge, so I can make him angry or I can make him bigger. Yeah, so it's like you know, I don't know. So that's why the pictures help so much. So usually it comes with a picture and a description. So like I underline all of the adjectives. That description like is he is he is he angry is he smart is he stupid is he you know um and then i'll go through the lines to try to feel what the scene is about like is he confronting someone and sometimes that'll be in there like he's confronting someone or he's confessing you know that's where like the emotions live and then i try to uh find those emotions like i used to like mark mark that stuff up but i don't i don't think i do that anymore i sometimes you know if i feel like oh i want to say this like this but most of the time i try to find that emotion like how that feeling how the character feels because they're a real person and then um and then i'll try to what what am i doing act act (laughs) Uh, i was looking for another word but this is this is act right now yeah something like that yeah the thing that I do professionally. I will try to acting. <laughs> how, about, how about you guys? What's your process like? When there's that kind of intensity, I typically, this is where I think acting training and background comes in. Like people think it's just about voices, but it's really about acting. And so I think you kind of, I at least, I fall back on that and I go in with Scott and I jump around and then I just imagine the scene and then I just blow it out into the mic and then he says yeah I don't think we need to do that again (laughs) (laughs) really because sometimes he'll be like yeah you were too loud can you do that I don't don't really um, I don't for those kind of things I don't do a lot of prep because I really want it to feel Hmm. right now and like it's you know so for for those particular things I just kind of go in there and do it Yeah, for me, I, I try and rely pretty heavily on my improv ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to overthink things if I like sit with them for too long, so I yeah. just sort of rely on my instincts. And um, I do like to, when I have a lot of stuff going on, the night before is usually when I'll say like, okay, I can I can focus on whatever I have tomorrow morning or the next day so then that's when I'll spend time with it but it's usually not like a like I'm not the kind of person who like sits down and like has to mull over everything you're like all right okay if you know whatever like I I just I I like to read through it um make sure that I'm like that there's no like weird names or things that are gonna like trip me up but yeah I just I, I like to read through it a couple of times and then let it go yeah it helps me yeah sometimes jumping in is better it's good you know. Yeah, I, I generally will like read it down. It often comes down to page count, and then I'll get caught off guard. Like there'll be something that I just like, oh, it's a thing, and then I read it the next morning, and it's eight pages, and there's five characters, and you're like, oh no, oh, I, oh, oh, I should have, yes, like, I should have. There's like super emotional, like you're yeah. being chopped up. Now you're being chopped up, like for two seconds, you're being chopped up for four seconds. You know what I mean? Right. Those kind of things. You just go in there and just. 
Yeah. Put yourself in it and do it. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're never really going to know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. I just, love just, those. You just pretend you're getting Your left heart. leg is burning. That's Go. right. Go. Active. And now the right. <laughs> what's, Scott, what's your, what's your prep? I mean, do you, do you get an opportunity to see copy in advance of coming in, or is the volume of what you've got to look at too vast to do that? I'll tell you honestly, we get most of it the night before when it's sent out to you. And... Um, a lot of it does come in last minute, uh, promo, promo narration mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll get a call from Vinny that, uh, hey, somebody's coming over, they've got to read this, it's got to be to Kimmel within like 20 minutes. Yeah. And so that's the thing that amazes me about you guys, because, I mean, when you were talking about doing, you know, the dad and then the axe murderer and then the uh, friendly guy next door, we'll do that in the morning. I mean, we'll crank that out in 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, just the way that you can <laughs> completely immerse yourself into a character and then say, okay, that's that one. Okay, let's put that away and then move on to the next guy. Just, that always astounds me. Man, what's, that's, that's so fun. What's yeah. that? Yeah, what, what is, what's the nature of that part of the process of being able to, like, I, I mean, if you do stage work and you live with a character for six to eight weeks and then you've got, your emotional prep beforehand and then the come down playlist afterwards after doing some heavy stuff is is you know the length of time that you live with a character being you know i don't know seven or eight minutes with an audition equivalent to the amount of time coming off of it or or what's what's your shedding process have you ever had a hard time losing a script hmm. gosh i don't know i just feel like i, I Characters I usually play usually have some kind of some kind of element to them that I also possess, mm. which is probably why I think I get those roles because there's something about them that I see in me that makes me real and makes that makes me be able to bring that character more to life. Yeah. So um, I think there's always like a part of me that 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 stays with the character because that character also carries a part of me when I perform them. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily a shedding off. It's more of a it's more of a putting adding additional layers or removing layers of myself and adding more layers of someone else. Um, yeah, cool. I think I think for for me with that, uh, I don't know. Again, because I said like I, I over I tend to overthink if I live with things for too long. Yeah. So I've gotten really skilled at doing them and just letting them go. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened to that one role. Maybe I should. I wonder if I did it good. I wonder if I, you know, like I just, it's just too much. So it's like I, I will go in, I'll have a really good time doing it. And that's, that's the other thing is I have a lot of fun auditioning. Yeah. I hear actors complaining about auditions and I'm like, bye, leave. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, no one, you don't have to do it. Right. We don't have to. Do, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. That's why I find a lot of joy in auditioning um, and in getting into those characters and then going on to the next one. It's like uh, I'm also kind of like a math puzzle guy. I like figuring things out. And to me, it's all sort of just like I don't know. It's a mental gymnastics going from one character to the next and all that stuff. So letting it go is just like all right. Well, until tomorrow. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. And I think that really sets the actors apart, the ones who really just enjoy the process hmm. and those who are there because it's like, I got to get this Purina commercial so that I can make it until the next paycheck. You know? yeah. It's yeah. Like, but you that can, used to be me though. So I know what that side is. Of course. Like. I, think, I, know, I think that's and, every I think, actor at some point. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just what you were saying. Like when, you know, you, you're kind of a guy, you just, you, I overthink, so I'm not going to overthink this. And I think the other actors who are like what Scott was talking about are the ones that do overthink are the ones that are, are really like, I got to get this so I can make this money or I got to yeah. get this so I don't get dropped or I got to get this so, you know, right. um, for such and such in the third. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, you can hear that desperation. Yeah, so yeah. that's even. You know. It's Charlie Adler yeah. said something to me in a class that I took. It's like whatever fear you carry with you, you'll bring it into your copy. And I think that kind of just stayed with me. You know, like if you're if you're trying to do an accent and you're afraid you're not going to do the accent right, that's going to translate in your read. You just um, you just commit yeah. to what it is, and you have to let go. You can't be the you can't be the casting director sitting there at their desk, listening through their speakers, going, "Nope," in the middle of your read. Right. You just simply can't. Right. You have the only advocate you have. Aside from yourself, is the other person, is the people on the other side of the glass, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and it's got to start with you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's why I think you know a lot of people are home recording now, which is great, mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of them have problems with it too because they're trying to direct and perform. That at the is same why time. I stopped auditioning from home. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why I come in now because I used to do that. I would obsess over every word. Mm -hmm. I would yep. record it 10 times. And, but the real world doesn't work like that. When you book a job, you go in and you do it and you go. Yeah. They don't, like, wait, can I have take number nine? I think I can say that what a little better than that. <laughs> you know, and, but at right. home, I'm like, and then mixing up, I'll take the first one from here. And, and it just, I get, it made me crazy. Yeah. So now I just, I let the experts do all of that fun <laughs> stuff. And I just go in there and play and leave. Yeah. yeah, I ask Scott that all the time, like when we're recording together. Well, I, I feel like at this point too, I have a pretty good gauge of like, oh, I could clean that up or I could do that better when I'm auditioning things. Yeah. But there's definitely times where I'm like, what? <laughs> did you like it? He's like, yeah, I thought that was good. And I'm like, that's cool. That's me and Scott every time. He's like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, you're good. Okay. So. Yeah. Cool. yeah it's, it's like this awkward relationship. It's like, are you? Are you okay? No, I'm, I'm okay. Are you? Are you okay? I think I think we're okay. No, you yeah. did good. You did good. Don't worry. Well, first of all, I'd really like to thank you for coming in because it keeps me employed. Yes. <laughs> yes. The other yes. thing is, I was thinking about this on the way over. What I really like the best about this job is that moment when we do both go. That was it. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you can really Isn't feel that great? connection oh. back yeah. and forth. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so really great. satisfying. And I told, you know, other people this, you know, this whole thing of like, there's a, because you don't book everything you get, not by a long shot. So when you get to play Batman, when you get to play, you know, some of the like, not just Batman, but like some of the like legendary characters that come across your desk, oh, you're man. always you doing Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Han Solo. Like, listen, I've been playing Han Solo since I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> I've been paid for playing yeah. Han Solo. But I mean, but the, the, the thing with it is like you, you've been doing it for an audience of one, you know? And like, and if it's like, if it's a big call out, let's say it's a, you know, a DC thing and then they've got 20 guys coming in to play those roles, you know, you get 20, to, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't, it's cool because you're, you're the one person who... I get to do that for, yeah. you know, yeah. aside from the windshield of my car. Right. I know you get and to my see shower. a lot. You get to see <laughs> a lot of what we do, yeah. our range, I think our Spider-Man and Ben 10 was with you. So. Wow, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm just over the whole panel. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> I booked that other thing through you too. Dang. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, I do want to open up the room for questions. You're welcome to, if you have a question for any of us about anything, you are welcome to ask and we'll, we'll grab those questions. But um, it's one of the unique things about doing it, uh, doing it live. Um, uh, so, so just a hand is fine. Yeah, just raise a hand. Uh, and, I'll, and we'll keep an eye out. We'll see it. Um, 
Right nope. Right. Yes, yes. Hello there. Um, how do you guys deal with times where you have to be really fast and have a time limit of like 10 seconds or 30 seconds? Oh, oh man, I, lo I love that stuff. <laughs> like anytime you put like a rule on top of all the other like technical aspects of voiceover, I'm like thriving. Like ADR, I'm like, let's do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the lip flap is wrong and you need me to make my word fit the lip flap? Yeah, let's go. Like that, I love that stuff. I'm with you. Yeah, it's just like, again, vocal gymnastics or mental gymnastics. That stuff is like, I love that. I think the quicker they throw me into something, the more genuine of a read I might give. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. I think if I have enough, if I have too much time to think, I'll start bringing my head in my work. You know, I'll start being like, oh, maybe I didn't say that right. Maybe I should say this this way the next time. You know, and uh, <laughs> and then words stop sounding like words. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're just trying to make a bunch of sounds as quick as you can. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the notes I think it came from Scott was go quieter. You think or uh, I, I don't, it's like if you have to talk really really fast, it's better to talk quieter because you can get a little bit quicker. Generally, it feels like you need to. When you're trying to speed up, that you need to project more, but actually the opposite is true. Yeah, I think that's just a physiological thing, too. Yeah. You don't need to blow out as much air if you're doing it a little quiet. Right. Yeah, the, the time thing happens a lot in promo. Um, I've found that, mm. like, uh, when I'm doing promo stuff for Disney XD and all that, we'll be doing a tag, and it might yeah. be like, like um, you know, DuckTales premieres November, November 20th at 8 p.m. on Disney XD and Disney Channel – and on demand, and in the Disney Now app. And it's like, okay, we need that in three seconds. <laughs> like, what? So, you know, you're just like, at that point, it actually becomes a lot less about, I mean, you still, the delivery still has to be there, but it's a lot less about the delivery and just saying words in a certain amount of time. Like the yeah. legal commercials, Price and Peace, Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, my favorite is the when you're watching the, the drug commercials, and it's like side effects include nausea, sneezing, throwing up. You know? But, but like, that part is longer than the actual <laughs> the commercial. actual commercial, right? So you spend 30 seconds watching like Happy Families while it's like you know if you're pregnant you might die. You know, what I mean? like, you know? thoughts of suicide are rapidly increasing. Yeah. Like why buy the drug anyway? anyway. And, and the drugs, those kind of, those spots are slowing down. Those aren't done at legal speed anymore. They're they're really feeling like yeah. they're just like you know we bought two minutes of time yeah. to just show this beautiful karaoke video of, a, of an older man and a younger woman fishing <laughs> I don't know why that's what they're doing but that's what they are because it's relaxing uh, <laughs> yes I see a question right here you need to do something crazy like I don't know Fred like, do something like do you need the voice of Fred for example how would you do something like that Who's Fred? Fred from like Nickelodeon. Uh, the person with a high-pitched voice. He well, he pitches his voice. Oh, up Fred! Artificially, I think. Yeah. What's that? That's not natural. Um, he's a kid. Yeah, he, he had a t he had a movie, a TV show. He Where was. Oh gosh. What? Fred? Fred? What's yeah. his name? Fred Finkel? Fred? Fred Berry? Fred? Yeah, Fred Figglehorn. He was a his, his actor's real name is Lucas, but he had a, a show on like. But it was artificial. His voice. They, yeah. The he, has a he has a regular voice. Yeah. yeah actually. Don't watch it. It's not good. <laughs> he, he was going to be on this panel, and they we all it. said no. We were like, no. After, after he records his normal voice, then they, they change it with um, But if, if you're, you're talking about maybe doing like a character similar to Fred, someone Or like a SpongeBob really or something. Really high-pitched yeah. someone. How do you do that? You just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I learned from a voice coach. So his name was Tony Gonzalez. So he would tell me like higher-pitched voices come from throat. So, mm -hmm. um, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's See, what you, you feel. You have to go somewhere here. up here. The kitchen, the back of the yeah, right here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, you know, you'd have to locate where that is in you. Yeah. See, you know? yeah uh, for me, that came from uh, like 
being a child and doing voices my whole entire life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. just finding it. And uh, I always like to play the game when I'm in the shower of find that voice. <laughs> and it, it's where I just, like, because, you know, it's all hot in the shower because, uh-huh. you know, there's steam and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I like to play, like, around with my voice and see what I can find. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, in the shower, just knowing what you can do. Out of the shower and kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in the kitchen. <laughs> I always come home with like neato new voices. I'm like, I just found this today, and my son's like, No. <laughs> I heard that. That and sounds heard like it no one. Heard it. I'm a voice matcher, so like to me, it's it's less about finding sounds and trying to match celebrities. Right. Oh. And like, I've never been able to do Bugs Bunny, and I found Bugs Bunny in traffic the other day. Nice. Yeah, it's very exciting. Like, so, so question for you because yeah. I don't do a lot of voice matching. I do some people, That's but they're it's because me, they're yeah. very close to my natural voice. Uh-huh. Do you? Are you listening? Is it like a like a musical thing for you? Like, does your are you matching like tone and cadence, the, or well, is the it best, like the best way I can put it is the way George George Carlin was one of the first ones who popped in my mind. He was talking about he was doing a bit where he was doing Ed Sullivan, uh-huh. and then he says. Uh, so, you know, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan, uh, doing an Ed Sullivan bit, and then he starts going, so he explains to the audience in the nightclub act, Ed Sullivan is cued to my ear by the phrase, so now you know. So now you know, so now you know. Uh-huh. And he goes, I do the John Viner Ed Sullivan, by the way. So now you know, so now you know. I'll get it. So now you know, right here on our show. Next up, there, and it was like keyed off of this phrase. So... That got me thinking, as a kid, I used to think, well, if I could do Rich Little, then I could do all of Rich Little's voices. That was the idea. <laughs> um, but, then, uh, but I was a kid, and I could do I kid voices. That. But, um, but it's this, for me, it's posture. It's way more physical. Like, like Vince Vaughn lives in this place, right? So when I open, it, when I open up my chest and do this kind of stuff, then I got, that's where my Vince Vaughn lives. And my Michael Keaton is, is all facial. so like it's just a matter of finding what those places are so when you ask about how do i make the high sound like a guy you know there was a one of like it's interesting we're talking about coaches and stuff i called this it's a great video by a guy named eric arsenault i think that's how you pronounce his name it's a french last name but oh that would be that's it that's that's the the correct pronunciation i was i was being polite uh but um he's uh he's a broadway uh voice coach and singer and he did this great exercise where he said, um, in, in your warm-up, in your warm-up <laughs> you should go, oh, I was in falsetto, but, oh, do, go from high to low, but while you do it, physically move your body from low to high so that you don't associate high pitch with up here. Uh-huh. And I thought it was a really interesting idea because then it was like, so it, it's a little bit of this mm-hmm. because then you start going, you know, but when you get yourself into that separation, everybody together. Becomes- <laughs> let's all do so everyone go home. Let's, no, no. Let, let's let's all do it together right now so that no one feels weird. Because okay, everybody, I, I know everyone sitting there is like, like oh, I want to try that. I want to try that. So let's try that. Let's try that together. Okay. okay. So start start low, start low high, everybody. And, and if you don't do it, you have to leave. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> high pitch. High pitch. Low. Okay. Ready? One. Two, three. Oh. Oh. That feel weird. But yes. Also yes. Weird. yes. Yes. And that's ninety percent of voice acting. It's it feeling weird, weird, but feels good. Right. Does that answer your question? 
I can go high because I'm a girl. <laughs> uh, a question for um, uh, Mr. MacArthur. I yes. Think, how did you land the voice acting job of Marco Diaz on Star Wars The Forces of Evil? And is there an audition for season four open? Oh, oh interesting. Nice, nice. Oh yeah, hashtag Starco. Yes. Um, so it came, it came to me just like a, a lot of my other auditions uh, through my agency. Um, I actually, funny enough, about Star for Star versus the Forces of Evil specifically, and sometimes animation projects will do this. I actually auditioned for it about a year before I auditioned for it again, mm. and then had a callback and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the project kind of came. Uh, while it was in development, I had an audition for it. The character wasn't named Marco Diaz. His original name was Soul, because Star and Soul, Soul is like sun. Um, and uh, yeah, so I auditioned for it. It kind of came and went, just like a lot of them do. And then I auditioned again once the show kind of like had been developed a little bit further. They got more specific about what they wanted it to look like. I auditioned for it. I was. Um, it, this was a, a weird time where I felt like Disney was trying to find something for me. I don't know if that's just mm. in my head, but I also, at that same time I auditioned for Marco Diaz, I auditioned to be, uh, what's the, the the main kid on um, uh, Star Wars Rebels? Is oh, Ezra? Oh, Ezra. Ezra. Yeah. I, I, was, I had a callback to be Ezra, um, and there was another project, too, that I don't remember what it was, but I just remember feeling the most comfortable as Marco Diaz and having mm. the most fun and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, went went in two times. Uh, the second time I went in for a callback, it was to read the entire pilot script with Eden Shear, who voices Star. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that was a wild experience because I was it was her and I in the booth, and it was her first job doing voiceover. Wow! And she was looking at me like, "Help," <laughs> <laughs> or like just like like to calm the nerves. And I was looking at her like, "Oh my God, you're Sue Heck on a TV show!" Like. <laughs> Who am I? You know, it was just this cool. And we had the best time. We had the most fun reading um, the episode together. It obviously went really good, uh, you know. <laughs> and then, so yeah, awesome. I, was, I was shooting a documentary in China about Kung Fu and had flown back for a two-day shoot in L.A. And I was in the hotel room by myself when Pat Brady, my animation agent at uh, CESD, called me on my phone. And I had this feeling when I saw CESD yeah. pop up on my phone. Yeah. And I... Went to go pick up my phone and I said, no. I'm, I, if, if it's what I hope that it is, I want her to leave me a message. And she did. And I, I have saved that message. I still have that message. I, I didn't get rid of my iPhone yeah. that that was on, even though I think you could probably just send it to yourself. Yeah, and I could have probably sold that for like $500. Whatever. I still have that iPhone. What's, so, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I, that's, a, that's a wonderful story, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, what, what What is – uh, I'm just curious of other folks on the panel. What's your What's that moment for you? Do you have have that in your experience, past history? That that phone call, whether it's from Pat or Vinny or Bo or a previous agent or previous experience. Yes. What, what is it? I have the same kind of situation. You were saying you felt like they were trying to find something for you. I have that same uh, situation with DreamWorks right now, where I feel like they Dude. want to hire me. And they're uh-huh. like, I'm being called in for a lot of different things. And I, and I booked three things this year, which I can't tell you about yet, which is such a bummer. But um, Do it. <laughs> <laughs> What's an NDA? It's just us. in here, I guess. It's just us. But, so, yeah. So, but, but Did I, you say friend-DA? <laughs> right. right. So, I... 
I've, I've been auditioning for them since 2014, pretty regularly. And then last year I just started feeling like that I was auditioning all the time for a lot of different things. And they were calling Pat and saying, we want to see, or Kathy and saying, we want to see Secunda for this or that. So I was feeling like, but it was like, not, I was not booking, but I was, they were seeing me for so many things. I felt like they must like me. I'm getting called in a lot. I'm getting callbacks. And so this year, um, Kathy called me in March and she was like, Got a reoccurring on the show. I was like, yes! <laughs> I hope it's Voltron. I hope it's Voltron. I hope it's Voltron. <laughs> but I did not save. I picked it up. I was like, every time I saw CESD on there, I was like, is it me? What's going on? Did I get it? So that's a good idea. I should have thought that. But yeah, so that's like that's a pretty good, that's a great feeling. Um, I got one of those, but I can't say. <laughs> but I got one like I know what it, is it the thing I know? Uh, yeah, it's the I thing know. You know. Yeah. I know. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. I want uh, to so I demand to know. Only only Adam MacArthur knows. And he better not say anything. No, I'm not um either. but yeah. So I have and then I got I got <laughs> right. um, um and then I got another one where then this never happens where the casting director told me. I got it. Oh, during oh, during your audition? Right after what? the callback. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's so that was, wonderful. That's like a, a Did you doubt it? Way. Did you walk out of there going, they just say that to everybody? Well, okay. So no. th- this was one. <laughs> I can't tell they you told what me it that is. that day, too. But like when, when I auditioned, it was when I was kind of taking a new stance on like how I approached things. You know, there would be jobs that I would really want really bad and I wouldn't get and I would be crushed. You yeah. know, it would be like heartbroken. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I auditioned for, you know, Miles Morales a few times and, you know, that's like one of my favorite superheroes. Yeah. So, um, Oh, so yeah. that would be freaking awesome. I know. Mm-hmm. We Jesus. all have those yeah, um, can, we, can we, after you're done with this one, let's, can we let's just talk about those, our dream jobs? Bu- everyone's bucket list. Right. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so that was like, you know, I just stopped trying to try to cut, attach to stuff so much so it wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And then that kind of led me to be more freer in the way I approach things. Maybe I was just putting too much pressure on myself because I wanted the role so bad. Right. So it was a, it was a, it was a pretty cool role um, for something. I just, I'm really being really vague for purpose. Um, and, um, you know, I, I have this bracelet that tells me I'm enough. So I, I try to, you know, you know, I pray, and I'm very spiritual, religious, so I pray, and then I was like, all right, I'm enough, you know. That I just, I'm just going to do it, and whatever. And so, you know, they just say, good job. You know, they do say it to everybody. I was like, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to get this because I want this. You know, I'm, right. it's probably not going to happen, so whatever. Right. You know, so just screw it. And, yeah, and then they told me right after that that I got it. So that was, like, it was pretty incredible. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I looked at your bracelet, and yeah. I didn't see the E and the N. I just saw the O-U-G-H, and I've been you thinking this all oh. the No, 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 this whole time. I thought it said you are dough. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. That's nice. I'm money. money. You are money. I am money. Yeah. I got, I got, the, uh, I got the Pat Brady phone call for, for Han Solo. Nice. Oh. Uh, a year ago. Oh, she was probably nerding out about it, too. Yeah, it was, it was one of those... Exactly that. Yeah. But I and I, I had the same thought. I'm gonna let it go to voicemail, and I saw the number come up, and then it hung up. We were we were at a school picking up a kid, picking up one of my one of my daughter's friends, and and it hung up. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, it was probably uh, it was probably a last minute, and then it rang again, hmm. and uh, I picked it up, and it was Pat. And I know when Pat calls, either I'm in trouble 
Or a <laughs> and I didn't think I was in trouble, and she said, well... With Pat, a lot of times it's the same call. It could be the same. <laughs> but she said, uh, well, you can say one thing that very few other people can say. You are the pilot of the Millennium Falcon. Aww. Yeah. So, uh, so cool. Did you cry? I didn't, but I screamed. She told... I, I yelled... But I was contained because it was a schoolyard. And, <laughs> and it was Santa Monica. Y'all, yeah. uh, I but, am never content. But she, but, then, but it was. I celebrate. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I ran out and yelled and jumped, and people were like, and I was like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let me, let me, let me, uh, I want this is really, it's really fun to go down that. I want to, I do want to hit the, the bucket list, but I want to come around to, to a quick question, actually, uh, prior to that, that was, I was thinking of. And I, um, it was, uh, Scott, it's the thing that you do when you, uh, that I've observed, like, often on Friday afternoons, when you hand new people new copy, mm-hmm. and they come in and read for you. Right. Like, what? What is that process like, uh, and and what are you? What is it that you're looking for in people who are coming into the room, in front of you? We call it a potential read because it's people who potentially want to be with us, and people we might potentially want to have with us. Um, so usually it's set up through an agent, um, and I'll pick out some copy, generally in advance. But it, I mean, if I've picked out copy that's you know dad and all this kind of stuff and the guy walks through the door and it's like oh no <laughs> this guy's gonna have a lot of fun with the animation stuff then i'll start finding things that are a little wackier a little more fun uh-huh. but um yeah we you know give them a couple of pieces of animation a couple of pieces of commercial a promo and half an hour or so to look it over and then they come in and crank it out and more than the read it's the way they react to the process hmm. i mean because honestly if somebody comes in and I say, okay, so you know, just take your time, take 20 minutes, half an hour, whenever you're ready, just let us know. And five minutes later, I'm hearing, okay, he's ready. I'm thinking, okay, this guy is either real good or we're in trouble here hmm. because either they've been able to pick everything up immediately, you know, and they're a seasoned pro, or there's somebody who thinks, and I get this a lot with on-camera actors, it's voiceover. Hmm. You don't yeah. have to act it. Yeah. You just yeah. go away oh, no, you boy. didn't. <laughs> People say that all the time. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. It's like you don't even have to memorize it. You can read it. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys can listen to some on-camera actors trying to do voiceover, and it's not, it's not as good as their on-camera work. You it's know, surprising. It's not the same right. thing. It's a different muscle. It's a different muscle completely. Like yeah. uh, Peter Dinklage, right? From Destiny, yeah. he got replaced by Nolan North. That's because right. Because nobody liked it. You know, that's I right. didn't have a problem with it, but, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I it's, forgot about that. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's a different muscle. That's right. Yeah. It's like we were talking about before, as far as um, being the character. I mean, it's not. It's not saying the words. It's not acting the character. Really, it's just being that person that they're describing for you. You know, thinking about what happened before this, what's going to happen after this, what are they physically looking like as you know they're talking to somebody else. It, it's all that. And, mm. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, voiceover does kind of get downplayed a lot of the time, and people don't realize that, yeah, take away your face and show me how you can act, pal. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. 
I don't know why that's so funny. Take away your face. Take away your face. Let's show me how to act. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start. I'm picking up I'm, all kinds of new stuff. I'm gonna start. Yeah. I'm gonna start talking. I'm gonna start talking like trash about on camera yeah. actors. I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, you're on an ABC show. Well, take away your face and show me what you can do. Yeah. Let's see you do that same work on yeah. an ABC show with no face. Yeah. Yeah. Red carpets. How, how many? How many dresses Christian Soriano wants to design right. for you? How many Esquire covers with no face? That's right. Question right here. So, has there ever been a time where work's been so busy at the agency that you can't come in for a week? Do you, do you mean busy on, like, their end, where they're like, oh, hey, we, we have too much stuff to do, you can't come in? Coming in so you can't come in, then what do you do? When we have too many people coming in, it's just a three-hour wait. Like, <laughs> they make yeah. sure they get us all in, it's just we have to wait forever. Yeah, and, <laughs> and also, the they're like, I mean, this is what they do, they're professionals, so right. obviously, they're, if they know, they can foresee that happening it's not just like oh shoot we're too busy it's like they know that's gonna happen and they're like hey just so you know there might be a really long wait tomorrow so if you can send in from home then yeah so it's not usually a it's not usually a and people booth directors like scott are stellar so they move people through really quick i'm i'm calling on people (laughs) yeah 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 i'm just curious you mentioned earlier that you know with voice acting they could pretty much be anywhere, especially with people recording at home. Is there a preference for, because I'm going to be moving to Texas, which is like out in the nowhere, and it's really small town, but voice acting was something I was interested in. Is that even feasible for someone that's not even near a major? Yeah, I think it's harder. Um, it'll definitely be harder. Uh, there's some voice work in Texas, like anim- anime work, like Funimation, and yeah. uh, I think and Sentai Film works is out there. Stuff that those companies. Um, but yeah, a lot of the big like studios, like for like the Cartoon Network and like Nickelodeon, that's all out here. Um, so I mean, it's probably still possible if you, you're able to. You know, Dude, come I started on hold messaging in Toledo, Ohio. There's work wherever you go, yeah. right. and the internet has made it more so. There's things that you won't be able to do. You will not be able to go over to L.A. studios for a callback unless you're willing to pony up for it. But for the most part, if you want to, if, if, if life drives you into different places. Was that an unintentional Texas pun? Did it? What, did I do pony, up. pony up. Pony up. Oh, no, it was, uh, it was a completely Just deliberate. to point that uh, out. Fun. Thank you for pointing me out. But, but I mean, I, I've only been in Los Angeles for about six years and have made my career for much longer than that working in different regions. Go to the Yellow Pages. See who's out there, what talent agents are there, who can rep you. I mean, I had a, I had a modeling talent agent in Bryan, Ohio. I didn't want to be doing that work, but I needed to. And I ended up doing it. For your soul. For my soul. Yeah. And I did runway modeling in Piqua, Ohio. That so, just sounds awesome. Hey, I man. Hear I know. I know. I'm glad I had the experience. Yeah. It made me a better actor. But, like, you know, it's, it's there. Uh, we'll go here and then there. Yes. Uh, just kind of tailing off that. Uh, so, speaking of the internet, you know, you've got a lot of, like, Fiverr and a couple other ones I can't think of that, you know, we've used for quick things for startups and whatnot. What do you guys think about that? Because I know it doesn't take the, the, vo- you know, the voice of the, of the, cart- the animation and so forth, but, but it, it's the commercials and so forth that I heard you say are your bread and butter in between and so forth. Is it, you know, has there been an effect to you on that with that, that anybody can be out there and put themselves on fire and say, I'm a voiceover actor and, and somebody can go and just... Yeah, and don't... 
don't voices like you know voices.com and that other one yeah. do stuff like that yeah 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 um so i yeah the internet's a, a, a you know the internet's really advanced so people can you know put their demos and things on the internet or there's probably voice work on the internet that that'll that'll pay you but just you know be careful with some of that stuff because yeah, uh some of that stuff might try to scam you and some of that stuff like i hear voices.com is kind of toxic sometimes like it's just a guy you know you know uh they like they like they do this thing where they vote on on you and even if your work is good like the guy doesn't like it you know that'll affect your your personal actor score and then you know like that's not a not a healthy way to and judge can, actors and you can get a plumber for 5 bucks so you can get a plumber for $45 right. I, there's some things i just don't want to take the risk and if it's my brand identity <laughs> And my plumbing. And my plumbing. <laughs> not, not, yeah, sorry, not worth the risk. Right there. Totally, <laughs> sorry. Totally sorry. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm of the mindset of like, you know, there, there's a market for like exactly what Kif just said. There's a market for everything. Yeah. I haven't – I don't know how you would know if it's affected you, but I also think that the world is changing drastically. I mean, you can see that with like cable TV providers going away and all that kind of stuff happening. So, I mean, there does need to be an awareness of it, but at the same time, that point exactly. Like, there's still a lot, a lot of times, a difference between um, the level of quality. Although there are really talented yeah. people who are doing that too, and you know, you know, will a will a big company go to Fiverr? You know, you never know. I mean, maybe one day. Hopefully not, because then it will we'll see more of an effect. But I think as of right now, it's sort of pretty new. Yeah. But for local non-union stuff, like you said, there's a market for everything. There's a need for yeah. everybody. I think it's just a different animal from what we do, honestly. Right. But still an animal. Question. Yeah. <laughs> question. Oh. Oh, hold on. I just had one the other day. Favorite tongue twister. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickle pipers. Nice. I did it low, see? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what was the one I had? And it's the I only think, well, one I know. It was like... <laughs> top of it. I don't remember, but that episode of Pinky and the Brain that was all tongue twisters is literally my favorite piece of animation <laughs> oh, of all time. Oh, you can't remember one? Uh, six... Six sadistic statistics, like something like oh, that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I, I default <laughs> I like to Peter statistics. Piper, but if I'm if I'm warming up, I like I memorized a Shakespearean monologue a long Ooh. time ago, and uh, it, not bad. It's uh, it's uh, it's Hotspur from Henry IV, Part One. Uh, oh, and a, is it that one? My liege, I did not know prisoners, but I remember when yeah. the fight was done when I was dry with rage and extreme toil. And it's a great piece, but it's the only one I've memorized. And, uh, <laughs> and, but, uh, but I got a phone call one time from my agent saying, hey, can you do a British accent? Send me something immediately. And I said, okay. And then I recorded that monologue, but as I did it, I changed the dialect because it was like, when you say British, do you mean, you know, yeah. No, aren't you tough? No, what do you mean good or blumber? You know what I mean? So like, you, so I tried to do a couple of those different things on it, and ended up booking it. But like, that's that's my favorite. I like doing yeah. doing. My leash, I did deny no prisoners. Hmm. But it depends. Like, this is my voice. Like Gerard Butler, man. I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, like, like, Kiff. So it's like Russell Crowe would be, you know. You are enough. <laughs> You're also Joe. Malaysia. Malaysia, did you know no prisoners? <laughs> right, you know, I mean, love that. That was less sexy. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So you guys mentioned uh, starting this as, as teens or as children. Uh, let's say someone who's an adult decides 
this sounds like something I want to do, but I don't have the money to go to college to go to a class, or I don't have the money to buy the equipment to students at home. How would you recommend me get started? Okay, I started as a kid, but there was like, gosh, a 10, 15 year gap. So I basically started over. I didn't know anybody in voiceover, nothing. So, and I didn't have any equipment or anything. So I begged my mom for a loan so that I could get a mic and just a little tiny setup. And then I just started Craigslist and Voices.com and reading a lot and looking at a lot of YouTube videos because I couldn't even afford training at that time. So I just looked at a lot. Of, there's a lot of information online about voiceover and how to get better at it, how to get good at it, how to get jobs, how to, how to, a lot. Also, just be really good. Seriously, there's like no re replacement for being insanely talented. Like if you can hone your skills, and it's not just like, oh, I was born doing voices. You know, there's right. like you weren't born a black belt, right. right? Yes, you have to work hard, and you have to like you know put in the work. So it doesn't matter how old you are if you put in the work yeah. and put in the time, get really, really, really good. Yeah. And then things like YouTube, dude. YouTube. I there's people that come into CESD that get signed by CESD who have have posted videos of themselves doing like a Disney medley or something like that on YouTube and it's oh, gone viral true. and there's like millions of views and now all of a sudden people are like, oh, he's really good and then, you know, so work hard. You don't have to be, start yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Be really like, good. No, I don't think there's any age limit to start. I think that's no. the beauty in voiceover. Like, I mean, like, like 90s. I mean, I'm like sure. Maybe get your affairs. Stan Lee is still <laughs> still in there in every cartoon. So you know. Don't But like that's the thing about VO. You know, it's like you you can play, as long as you can play it, you can be it. And um, uh, yeah, like what they said, just you know, practice. Troy Baker, he just walked in and started doing it, you know. Um, you know, he didn't really have that much, like, formal training. Um, formal training is only just to sharpen, sharpen the tool, uh, mm -hmm. not make it for you. Um, yeah, just, you know, try, start investing. You know, use your phone. You know, technology. Like, I have a Voice Record Pro 7 on my phone. I booked a promo <laughs> that paid a grand. Oh, oh, really? You have seven? I, pulled I have over, six. <laughs> I pulled over on the freeway and recorded a thing in my phone and booked a job off of it. So, you know, um... Just use whatever is tools necessary while you build. Yeah. But yeah, keep just work. Keep um, never give up. Uh, seven years. It's yeah. really accessible now. Yeah. 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 So if you want to do it, totally, you should just like what's the said. She, you know, she said like ten, fifteen year gap. Mine was seven. You know, just yeah. never stop. You might have to wait a long time, but as long as you keep going. Are you out here? Yeah. I mean, the amount of training resources that are available to that are affordable. Yeah. Like from from my entry level class that I teach over at Second City to studying with Dave Walsh, or studying with the Kalmansons, or some of these different casting directors in town. Like, that was one of the things we were talking about the other day, about like, like if you can, if you can study in town with a casting director, like Elaine Craig, or like, like Kalmansons, voice casters, some of those places yeah. from a commercial standpoint, and they have like intro level basics all the way through, you've got experience, you've got, oh, you've had some improv training, or you did some theater in college, or you've got an on-camera background, mm -hmm great then the transition the the acting is acting mm -hmm. the difference to my audience is proximity right we either either i'm this close either i'm this close to my lover's ear or i'm you know playing to the back of the room the skills are the same it's just the size of the performance right so um don't wait yeah try to pick up a voiceover resource guide that has like everything in it yeah and listen to my show. You're welcome to yes. listen. I mean, I've done. Sure. This is our 50th episode. So, Woo! like, Woo! Woo! this is the 50th. Woo! 50th. <laughs>
<laughs> Such a round number. I know, nice and round. Anything else? Any other questions? Yes, back over here. What was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome in your career journey? Ludo. <laughs> She's dressed as star. I just. Dressed as star. Um, that's a good question. Myself was the biggest hurdle I had to overcome. Uh, that overthinking, that desperation for work. Um, you know, there, when you're when you're in a in the entertainment industry, there's a lot that can weigh on you uh, if you let it, and there's a lot that can stop you if you let it. Um, so I think, yeah, the biggest one was me, is getting over myself, my doubts, and my insecurities, and, you know, getting down to the core of what I want to do, which is what I love, so, yeah. Mine was money. Mm. I convinced myself that I couldn't do this because I couldn't afford a studio. I didn't have a house big enough for a studio. Like, I just thought, oh, that's for, like, fancy people, right? And then I realized that that's not true, that, like you said, I'm... Well, if I'm, if I may, I'm a talented human, and this is what you I may. want to do, and you I may. love it. So I figured out a way around that. Yeah. Mm. Biggest hurdle. The front door. You know, there's a step, and then he has <laughs> yeah. to get over there in order to get outside. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I am. I'm one of those people that when I decide that I'm going to do something, like there really isn't a hurdle. Yeah. Like I don't, I just don't. It doesn't matter if it's hard. Do it backflip. Like way. it's okay. Do you want decide me to do backflip? Do back you want me to do backflip? Yep. Right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. I can do backflip. Right <laughs> if you really wanted me to do a backflip, that's no problem. <laughs> but seriously, it's like uh, I guess it's just I, that's that's the mentality that I take for everything, and I, I've always wanted to do this. So it was just like. You know, my parents would say, like, well, do you think you'll ever, like, stop and get a real job? <laughs> yeah. right. uh, my, when I asked my wife's dad uh, permission to ask her to marry me, he was like, so, you know, like, I know you, you're an actor, but do you think, like, you know, you'll ever, you'll ever change careers? Uh, and he, he's, uh, he is uh, very high up in a very large grocery chain. He's like, you know, if you ever want to, like, you know, Aww. be a cashier at the, the store, <laughs> like, you know, you could do that. I think you're a great guy and, and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you people don't understand. There is, there is only one option. And there's a, there is a difference between, like, being dumb when you say that because, yeah. you know, you have to be aware if it is an actual possibility. And I, it, it was an actual possibility. I'm here. I have an agency. I just I knew that was a matter of time. So, yeah, I guess my perspective of it, what was my biggest hurdle is it was just waiting until it happened. Patience. Yeah. That's a yeah. big hurdle. That is a big, yeah. yeah. Being, oh, yeah. being comfortable with the patience and, and the time that you find yourself stuck time. in a place that you're like, this will never happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have a similar mindset of like from, from Jump Street, I knew it was going to be a mountain to climb. Yeah, it's hard. So Everyone like, would do it. it if it wasn't hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, my biggest hurdle was my parents saying okay. And in a way, it was a thing. <laughs> I know that seems crazy, but like yeah. I wanted to do it since, like I said, since I was six or seven. And I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I'm the grandson of two Christian Reformed ministers. So going off to Hollywood, that was not in the cards for me. So I had 15 years of covert work and fandom. Awesome. And, you know, doing impressions. What's been your biggest hurdle, Scott? There wasn't one. <laughs> was I always band. wanted to be Wally Winger. That was the big 
<laughs> yeah, for some people, lose, like getting your car stolen was their biggest hurdle. You're like, that helped. Yeah, <laughs> that was the catalyst. Now I don't have a choice. I think we have. I think we have time for one final question before we wrap things. Well, now we should go long just so she has a legitimate reason to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right over here. Yes. You haven't gone over the bucket list. Ah, you're right. The bucket list. That's a great place to go. So, so bucket list. Bucket list roll and or thing. Okay. Bucket list roll and or thing. Are we thinking? Because I already know mine. Go. You, if you already know, go uh, Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. Hey. And my other uh, my other one is uh, any like like um, any version of Spider Man. Hey. And also um, uh, Lionel from the Thundercats. Hey. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's it. <laughs> I, mine are any Care Bear. Hey. <laughs> I always wanted to be a Care Bear. And if they remake, nev- like, um, if they do, like, a the Dark Crystal cartoon, uh-huh. like, I need, <laughs> I will stalk everyone. <laughs> uh, Miles Morales and Static Shock. I think that those are always, like, my two, like, it was Static first. He was the OG. So I would love <laughs> to What channel was that on? Static? Is it Disney? That was WB. It's WKWB. Yeah, WB when it was on. Yeah. It's time. It's time for that to be. It's time. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Heck yeah. Um. Jeez, I've played Han Solo. Right. <laughs> well. So, the, but then you, but you, there's a great, uh, there's a great. I'll transition that quick note into a, a shout out for a guy named Bobby Chu, who is a character designer. He does a weekly, a couple um, podcasts talking about creativity and inspiration and has a great thing about what do you do once you've achieved a goal. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you keep your goals, uh, that, that you, you look for other peaks to climb and figure out what that is. Uh, for me right now, my, honestly, my bucket list is, is, is 195. If I can get my body back down to 195. Oh. I was like, who's that? I wonder well, who that is. Maybe that's an old movie reference. I, I was like, what? <laughs> 195 blanks. I know. Because <laughs> no, I've been 220 for like three years. And <laughs> here's, and I've been kind of content to be like, ah, a dad bod character actor, you know? Well, what do you do? But I don't want to go through another pilot season oh like God. the one I just went through where I got amazing looks mm-hmm. and walked in the room and did great work. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that was awesome. That was a great audition. Thank you. And then stare at the phone and, and go, what can I control? Right. At the end of the day, the thing I can control is what I put in my mouth, how I active, activate my body, and how I present myself. That's why I love voiceover. Right, right there. I can eat cupcakes and still work. <laughs> You eat cupcakes directly after watching those. <laughs> right. Actually, in between, in between takes. In between. They are there. They yep. are there. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and milk. And chocolate. Everything. Idea. So uh, it's, it's time, I'm afraid, for us to start call, uh, wrapping up. Uh, but uh, just, just as uh, by way of, of exiting, can you tell us uh, how can people find you on social media or share the love? Uh, if Actually, if that's okay with y'all, I'm going to Snapchat y'all right now. All right. Good. You're good. Yeah. Zeno's going to Snapchat gonna you right just, now. You know. I gotta hold a horizontal. Can we all just go all over VO? All over VO! Thanks, guys. <laughs> you guys, actually, I have, uh, there, there's, oh, there you go. So, Zeno52. Uh, that's my uh, Twitter handle. That's your Twitter yeah. handle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Secunda Woods that's VO. my everything. Uh, Adam uh, Double M? Yes. Yeah, a, a, yeah, Adam M. Uh, at underscore Adam M is my Twitter. 
Instagram is at NinjaMac, N-I-N-J-A-M-A-C. Yeah, yeah My Instagram is like Childish Gamzino. So right. just look up Zeno Robinson. How many of those do you know? <laughs> I made it Kiff VH to keep it simple. I'm Kiff VH on everything. Uh, Scott, are you on social media platforms at all? No, uh, the Witness away. Protection Program. Okay. <laughs> I can't like, Thank you so much for coming out for all of our Thank you, guys. I made buttons. If you want an all-over VO button, please uh, feel free to come by. Yeah, my there was our conversation from Stan Lee's Kamikaze, uh, Stan Lee's L.A. Comic-Con this year, 2017. I hope you got a lot out of it. Thanks for sticking with me for all these, uh, <laughs> all these episodes, and I hope you uh, find as much inspiration in them as I have making them. All right. I'm out. Peace. Thank you for joining us on All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. Please take a moment to review the show and let other folks know what you thought. And if you dug it, please subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at AllOverVO and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AllOverVO with Kiff VH. That's it for this time. You get what you get and don't get upset. Claim victory and depart the field.